Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 12th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. I have a few things to talk about today. A couple pieces of news I should mention. Myself and Cole Sheldon will be going live in about an hour's time, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time here on the 12th of November to break down UFC Sao Paulo. So looking forward to doing that with Cole, but definitely have a few pieces of news to talk about. First thing I did want to mention was uh, I checked out the Tool concert last night in Toronto. They were amazing. I'm sure a lot of you guys are big fans of Tool as well. Maynard James Keenan, obviously, uh, big MMA fan. Brazilian, he's been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu ever before I even knew what it was. I mean, he's been doing BJJ for years. So the guy is a, a big part of the MMA community, and they were an incredible concert, like really one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Put on a hell of a show. So uh, definitely check them out if they come to your area. Uh, even if you're not a metal fan, like my girlfriend's not a fan of hard rock and metal, but she enjoyed the concert. They put on a hell of a show. So I uh, love Maynard and uh, just an incredible concert. Okay, so let's talk about uh, some news here in the world of MMA. I'm going to start with Nick Diaz here. Nick Diaz was on Ariel Helwani's show yesterday, and he did an interview, like an hour-long interview. Um, the interview I don't think went over too well with MMA fans. I saw a lot of people just kind of uh, – they didn't really enjoy the interview that much. They, they just, a lot of people don't believe that Nick Diaz should be – you know, fighting ever again. And they believe he was very incoherent during the interview and a lot of rambling. Um, you know, clearly Nick Diaz has, he's been fighting for a long time. So he's taking a lot of damage and that stuff adds up clearly. And uh, Nick's obviously been a very troubled guy over his life. Um, I love Nick Diaz, you know, as a fighter. Uh, I have the utmost respect for Nick. He's a pioneer of the sport and he's been around forever. And, and he was one of the first guys that I, I, I was a fan of when I got into sport back in the 2000s. Uh, he was a guy that I enjoyed watching all of his fights in Pride and Strike Force, and even in the UFC, uh, b- during both stints in the UFC, but especially during his Pride and Strike Force days, like when he was uh, the guy in, in Strike Force knocking out Frank Shamrock, um, fighting KJ Nunes, or, or the guy in Pride submitting Takanori Gomi with the Global Plata. That guy, to me, was one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. That was a long time ago, though, and I think a lot of people are kind of holding on to the past, and it's pretty clear now that Nick should never fight again, and Nick he doesn't want to fight again. Um, he made that pretty clear in the interview. He does not want to fight again. He has no interest in it. However, he did say he wants to fight Hori Masvidal. That's the, that's the only fight that he would come back for. So that's kind of interesting. They were supposed to fight. There was rumors of that fight happening earlier this year at UFC 235 that Nick was going to fight Masvidal. I think it was even announced by the UFC. never happened for whatever reason. But that was a fight that was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. You know, I can't blame him for wanting to, to fight Masvidal. And there is that angle of uh, brotherly revenge, which is kind of cool and very unique. But come on. I mean, no one needs to see this fight. Nick really shouldn't fight again. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. You know, he hasn't fought in almost five years now since that fight with Anderson Silva. It wasn't a good fight. The the fight with uh, GSP wasn't a great fight. The fight with Carlos Condit wasn't a great fight. His last great fight, truly great fight, was against BJ Penn back in 2011. Uh, UFC 137, which was a great fight, a very underrated fight, back when they only did three-round main events. But great fight. Go back and watch if you guys haven't seen that one. But, uh, you know, he, has, he hasn't had a good performance in years. So it's pretty clear, too, that just based on where he is mentally, he just shouldn't be in the cage right now. So I can't blame him for calling him as at all. I mean, there's some heat there, obviously, with his brother just losing to him. But it's a fight that doesn't make sense. Maybe if Masvidal fights with the belt and loses and, and he wants to have a super fight with Nick, Maybe then the UFC would consider it because obviously Nick Diaz versus anyone's a big fight. We all know that. But the guy's health and safety really should come first. And honestly, he should not ever step in the cage again, uh, at least not for a, a very long time until he gets you know completely uh, healthy 
And it, it sure didn't seem like it from the interview that he really should be fighting again. Even, you know, the hard, hardest core of hardcore MMA fans, they didn't seem too keen on the idea of him fighting it after seeing that interview. So go and check out Oviavin. But personally, you know, I love Nick. I just don't think you should stack, step into the octagon because you have to be there 100%. I don't think he is right now. Nick Diaz, his teammate Gilbert Melendez, was also in the news yesterday, and not for good reasons. Uh, unfortunately, Gilbert Melendez has been caught by the UFC. I don't think this is a surprise. He had a really bad record in the UFC. And I, I love Gil as well, you know, but another guy that he never really lives up to the expectations in the UFC, unfortunately. His record in the UFC is one and six. It's not good. You know, and he's also 37 years old. So the UFC obviously they gave him a lot of chances and they just had to make a decision to let him go. They've been cutting a lot of fighters. We all know that. 12 guys got cut last week. You can add 13 Melendez right now. So his overall record in the UFC, one and six. He's coming off a five five fight losing streak, which is obviously is it's not good. Very few fighters get this many chances to get a win. And he just didn't do anything in his fights. The last fight with Arnold Allen was the final straw for the UFC. He got beaten up by a much younger guy and really didn't look like the old girl Rolandez in that fight. He hasn't had a good performance in years. Again, uh, the fight with Diego Sanchez in 2013, that was one of the greatest fights in UFC history, an amazing fight. He took a lot of damage in that fight. He's never been the same since then, but definitely one of the greatest fights ever. Uh, it's unfortunate that that fight happened the same year as Gustafson Jones. It was like a, a month after the first Gus Jones fight because that would have been fight of the year for 2013 for sure. But either way, amazing fight. Uh, Gilmore Line is another guy I have a lot of respect for, just like Nick, uh, a guy that I've been watching for years. He started off in the WEC. He went over to Pride. He fought in Strike Force. He was a Strike Force champion, a two-time Strike Force champion. Uh, he fought Josh Thompson three times in Strike Force. That trilogy is probably one of the greatest MMA trilogies of all time. He actually won the trilogy two to one, although I, I think he lost the third fight. I think a lot of people did. He won the split on the judges' scorecards. Um, he also had a, a nice win over Masvidal. Looking back, that was a really big win at the time. Masvidal wasn't that, the fighter he is now, obviously, but at the at the time, it was still a, a decent win. And he ended up going to the UFC with a title shot against Benson Henderson. He lost a split decision. A lot of people, including myself, thought he won that fight. That was his UFC, UFC debut. Um, and I thought he won that fight. I really did. I thought he should have been the champ, but he lost the split. Uh, he beat Diego, and then he signed a huge deal with Bellator as a free agent. And the UFC decided to match it. They wanted to keep him in the fold. Gave him a title shot against Anthony Pettis. Gave him the ultimate fighter uh, job. He lost the fight to Anthony Pettis uh, for the title by submission. And that was actually the only time his whole career has been submitted. So he's had 30 fights and only one uh, loss by submission. Actually, no losses by TKO. So a guy who's very durable. But the loss to Pettis kind of put him on the down decline, I think. And then he lost to Eddie Alvarez by split. A lot of people thought he might have won that fight. It was a close fight. Um, but he did test positive after for uh, exogenous origin of testosterone tablets, so he would have failed the test anyways. But anyways, he lost the fight. The Barboza fight wasn't a good performance by him. It's a fight a lot of people thought he would have won. Lost that one by decision. Lost Jeremy Stevens. It was a good fight, but he got beat up pretty bad in that fight. And then the Allen fight where he just didn't look good. So 37 years old now. I don't know what's next for Gil. He's obviously doing the MMA commentary thing. I think he's really good at it. Clearly very good on camera. But the other thing is, I think Bellator would be a good spot for him if he does want to continue fighting. His his wife obviously fights there, Karen Melendez. He, he signed there a few years ago. So it's clearly something that he has interest in. Um, you know, Ryzen would be somewhere where I think he could do well as well. Maybe if he signs with Bellator, he could fight in Ryzen in a co-promotion fight. Like maybe he could even fight on the, the New Year's card. I mean, they need fights for that card still. So maybe Melendez. I mean, it's crazy, right? But it's possible. One championship might be a good spot for him. If he wants to continue fighting, if he doesn't want to, that's fair too. 
the guy is, and I, I don't want to throw the term legend around too much. Like, again, people were saying last week, King Mo is a legend, and I, I don't know about that, but I think Melendez, as far as lightweights go, he is one of the greatest lightweights of all time. And during the period of 2006 to 2013, he was arguably like a top three to top five lightweight in the world. So great career. Um, if this is the end, he had a really solid career. Uh, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer by any means, but he'd be in the Hall of Very Good. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not completely saying his career is over. Unlike Nick Diaz, I do think Melendez still has something left in the tank. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does come back. You have to be fair to the guy. The five guys, six guys he lost in the UFC are all very good fighters. So no shame in those losses. Just unfortunate that he lost five straight fights and the UFC was forced to release him because it's very hard to keep a guy on a five fight when losing streak in the UFC, unless your name's BJ Penn, he's the only guy who's ever did that. Uh, a couple other things here. Speaking of Gilbert's, Gilbert Burns calls on Anthony Pettis. So that's interesting. Uh, Gilbert Burns is a top 15 guy now at 170 pounds. He's looked amazing since drop, since moving up to 170. Uh, Alexei Konchenko and Gunnar Nelson. So that put him in the top 15. Fight with Pettis would be a fun fight. Pettis hasn't fought since the loss to Diaz. Not sure what's going on with him. He's going back to 155 or 170. But, you know, I can't blame Burns for calling him out. Burns calls out pretty much everyone. Calls out Francis and Conor, for God's sake. So uh, this guy clearly wants to fight. And I think a fight with Pettis actually would be a fun fight. Uh, Pettis is very good in the ground as well. Good striking, both guys. So uh, be a fun fight anywhere it went. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. But, uh, again, it just depends on what Pettis wants to do. In uh, his next fight, if he wants to stay at 170 or move back down to 155, I think he'd be open to either, depending on the fight. Uh, a couple of things here. Stevie Miosic called, uh, or actually said that Tyson Fury, uh, he believes, is a more interesting fight to him than Dan Cormier, which I think is interesting because, obviously, Stevie's fought DC twice. He got knocked out in the first fight. Second fight, he was losing, and then he knocked out DC. Uh, but I can't blame him for saying this. Obviously, Fury is a big star, a big name, and Stevie clearly would like to make some money. So Fury would be the money fight for him. I just think that uh, Cormier in an MMA fight is a much more interesting fight than Trilogy. But I can't blame the guy for calling out Fury. It's clearly a fight that interests Stephen Miosic. This whole Tyson Fury to MMA thing, I thought it was kind of a joke at first, but it seems to be picking up steam lately. So don't be surprised if this actually happens at some point, guys. I just don't know if Stipe would be <laughs> a great fight for Tyson Fury based on the fact that he's got amazing striking and his wrestling is incredible too. So... Probably a bad match for Fury. Probably gets taken down, beat up. But uh, give Fury a few years of MMA training, and maybe that maybe then he'll be able to uh, compete with some of these guys in the UFC. Uh, Chris Cyborg, she was interviewed by TMZ. She says she wants to fight a man in news again. She said that Scott Coker is open to do a cross promotion with the UFC, but obviously Dana White is, does not want to do that. So that's not going to happen anytime soon. But at least you know Chris says she's open to it because Dana White, of course. Very famously said that you know Chris Cyborg does not want anything to do with Amanda Nunes again. I never really believed that, and I still think she does want the rematch. But uh, of course, with Chris Cyborg and Bellator and Amanda Nunes in the UFC, that's not going to happen anytime soon because the UFC and Bellator, quite frankly, will never co-promote as, as much as I hate saying that because I think there would be some really fun fights between the two promotions, including Douglas Lima who called out Kamaru Usman. I think Douglas would match up really well against the top alternates in the UFC. So I'd like to see him fight there eventually, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, fight announcements, no actual fights, specific fights have been announced, but the UFC did make an announcement yesterday about the first official event of 2020. We, we already know about UFC 246. That will be the Conor McGregor card on January 18th in Vegas. But now they've officially announced the first event of 2020, and it's a UFC Fight Night card, and it's a UFC Fight Night card in Raleigh, North Carolina, on January 25th, so the UFC will be going head-to-head -head with Julia Budd versus Chris Cyborg in Los Angeles the same night. 
I personally don't love when the UFC and Belcher go head to head because I feel like it takes away from both uh, um, from the fans just watching both events because I think a lot of fans want to tune into both. Uh, but you know, of course, they want to counter program, so I, I get that. No fights have been announced for this. I, if I had to guess, maybe you'll, have, you'll see Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in this card. He is a North, he's a Carolina resident, so you could see him possibly in the card. But I have, really have no idea who's going to main event this card. There's so many options right now. Tons of fighters need fights. Uh, we're just waiting for the UFC to really announce their full schedule for 2020. So at least we have an event now to uh, start booking uh, hypothetical matches for. So yes, UFC Fight Night, Raleigh, North Carolina, January 25th, 2020. That is official. And just checking to see if I missed anything, but I think I've got everything I want to talk about. Let's see here. Um, yeah, that's it for today, guys. All right, so I appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, check me on Twitter at Martin podcast, maoddsbreaker.com, youtube.com slash maoddsbreaker. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, a couple other places. Also, check me out at bjpen.com and maraise on that. I'll be back at 11 a.m. Eastern, so in about 40, 45 minutes to break down UFC Sao Paulo with my buddy Cole Schultz. So definitely tune, tune into that show in a little bit. Guys, once again, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'll be back in a little bit. Have a good one. Bye.